Northern Brewer, with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hi, everybody. What's that? Welcome to the show that's all about style. <laughs> Doesn't matter how good your beer is, as long as you look good doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. You know, who, you know who looks good doing it? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's just a loaded question. Name. That's no. Scarlett? No, I don't know. Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Our fine sponsor, Norman oh, Brewer. Oh, sorry. I thought you were... Okay. They that was an look MD's, good uh, doing, doing it all. Mm-hmm. Shipping you fresh product. Setting low prices. Flat rate shipping. Flat rate shipping. Yearly catalog updates. <laughs> <laughs> Yearly catalog updates. Absolutely. <laughs> you do. Bevo's already discussed it, and the show's only like a minute old. <laughs> Actually, it's not even at us this time. <laughs> I think it's just me for putting up a Madison Bumgarner newspaper on the cabinet. Dude, that's Get epic. used to it, Beaver. That's going to be there for a while. She's a Dodger fan, huh? Yeah. Oh, my God. Her stupid husband poisoned her. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, I just hate all baseball. Oh. My ha- the happiest day of my year is the day after the last game of the World Series because it's over. <laughs> it's the, long- the longest point until baseball starts again. It's the best day. <laughs> Good thing you work for the Hop Grenade. That has owners that are hardcore Giants fans. Yeah, you do. With television show baseball. There you go. Oh, man. I feel for you. Learn to love it. Okay. She no. will. Learn to love. Northernbrewer.com. Northern Check wow. them out. Fine Sponsor's been paying for the show for eight years, so you don't have to. So go check it out. Northernbrewer.com. All the ingredients you need to make the beers we talk about in this show, they got it. Fresh. Cheap. Accessible. Uh, in stock. In stock. They got it. They got it. Check it out. Ah, yes. Fruit Lambic. Fruit Lambic is going to be a good show. show. Can't wait for the beers. That's right. That's why I'm jumping right into it. No screwing around here. Is Moscow breaking out something? You know, something, something? (laughs) Begrudgingly, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Dude, taking one for the team. For you dopes, yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, uh, these are not uh, widely available, a lot of these, uh, the classic examples. Uh I mean, if you read the classic examples of the Fruit Lambic and the uh, BJCP uh, style guides, it's Mm -hmm. like uh, Mm -hmm. Cantillon this, Cantillon that, Cantillon something else, Cantillon, Cantillon, and more Cantillon. Is that why you emailed us to bring a style in? Because you didn't want to tap in your library. For Christ's sake. Would you guys please bring some of your own in? (laughs) Come on, man. No one did, (laughs) except me. That's Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Right? Cantillon, Cantillon. Yeah. Cantillon. And then another Cantillon. Nice. And who's had, like, everything on this list? Probably had a lot of it. Jamil raises hand. You've had every one. Lucky man. <clears throat> you know, you go to a place, uh, Belgium. It's here on the planet. That's where it's made, right? Uh, yeah. So place you can get a Lambic. Pretty much have made. all this stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it's like the local 7-Eleven. You go down there. That's what I've heard. It's a, like a, you know, yeah, you get yourself the cup. It's refillable. Little fountain machine. Is it really? <laughs> no. Damn. But it is. It is really widely available, isn't it? And, and don't they serve it by yeah. the pint? Is that true? No. 
That's not true. Is that just that was Justin screwing with me? Yes. Oh yeah, you just they'll top off your pine anytime. <laughs> yeah, not not <laughs> really screwing. widely available, but there's there's a few places uh, that have you know a fair a fair number of these, like Cantillon or the uh, you know Cantillon. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not that difficult. Well, here it certainly is. Yes, tough to find. This is the only only negative to living in the U.S. is the importing cost. You can't get that. So there you go. There's there's also a uh, Dre Fontaine beer on there. That's a classic mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything from from those guys for probably a year or more. Oh really? Have you? Saw some in Australia. Yeah, um, you did. There's a place in uh, Davis, uh, Davis Beer Shop. They almost always they have do. their beer. Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad to hear it's still around somewhere, yeah. even if it's not here. There you go. Not here. There. Uh, so, John, uh, tell us about uh, the, the, the give wow. us an overview of Fruit and Lambic. This is quite an overview. I'll keep it simple. No, hey. don't keep it simple. Jeez. All right. Well, let's go with the stats first. First, the range is from like 1040 to 1060, specific gravity. Finishes very dry because of the bugs. A lot of bugs. Eating the sugars. Color ranges from uh, gold to amber. You know, fruit should definitely be the most apparent, most fruit forward. Um, you might get some horsey barnyard earthy notes, um, some slight acidity. I think you definitely wanted more fruit forward than acidity based. I mean, if it's too puckering, too acidic, it's kind of out of balance and probably needs some more age or more blending. Uh, is that the, the blending part called the goose? Or does goose is the base, right? And then the the lambic part is when they add fruit, isn't that right? Uh, goose is usually a blend of uh, older, like three different vintages. Gotcha. So you get different um, sourness notes. Gotcha. These are straight lambics with fruit. Right. Okay. And um, that's basically my brief synopsis of this. But this is a really big discussion because it's it's def- it's an, it's like the it's like the winemaker's version of beer. You know, to make a balanced, wild fermented beer with endless additions of fruit, letting the yeast, the wild bacteria do its thing, but and I think capturing it in the bottle at the right time and the conditioning process is definitely key to making a great fruit lambic. So there's definitely an art here. Well, and <clears throat> so you know the the important thing is this isn't just like take whatever beer, throw fruit in it. Yeah, you know, right. it, it's a balance of of the lambic with fruit, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the fruit character should be noticeable, evident. Um, it doesn't have to be. There's there's beers out there that um, is that commercial one way too intensely fruity, like syrup. Yeah, you know, some of them like the cough Lindemans. syrups, and, yeah. and and there's. Uh, where you know just the, the the fruit intensity is too much uh where it completely overwhelms a lot of the other characters of the beer you need a balance of you know a fine lambic with uh you know the souring the barnyardy the you know the estuary um all that those characteristics plus you know the characteristics of the fruit and the fruit you know the, the the challenge on this is the fruit will oftentimes, uh, you know, while you're waiting for you know bacteria and and Britannomyces and uh, sac yeast to 
consume the the sugars of the fruit, uh, you know, a lot of the fruit character can be lost, mm. and that's that's one of the big uh, challenges to making a beer like this. And this has to be incredibly challenging for a home brewer to pull off a balanced beer <laughs> at it home. Takes right. years. Okay. You guys ever done one? I attempted. I didn't. It was never. I, I would never present it to Fairbrother or Jamil. <laughs> wasn't worthy. Well, yeah. how, how long did you let it go? Five, seven years. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. W- when was it at its peak, looking back? Probably three. Three or four. This one, uh, you sort of had one, you know, yeah. very first. When I first met John. Yeah, we've told this story. Right, right. I know. <laughs> he was, like, working in a little cubicle that was, like, uh, you know, the outhouse of more beer. And uh, he was freezing to death. And he sat huddled with his two carboys of uh, lambic with peaches and uh, fermenting at my feet. Fermenting it at his feet. So the good old days. Was was either one of those the beer you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had tried the Lindemans Pichet, and it blew my mind. And it was my first time I read a beer like that, and I tried to make it. It was nowhere near that, but which I was thankful for. <laughs> I tell you, you know, Lindemans. If ever a beer deserved to be poured over ice, hmm. it's it's a lot of the Lindemans. It'll hold up the ice. It needs to be diluted. I right, think. you yeah, need to we'll dilute it, it down. It's if changed you quite a bit. Down, it's, it, Why is that? It's, it's, it's so fruity. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, sweet and fruity, and you know, like a soda it needs it needs it a little like watering soda. down. Now, do you think they've changed that recipe? Because like fifteen, twenty years ago, it was nowhere near as sweet as it comes no, out. I, I, yeah. You yeah, think it might be your palate, just what you're used to in a in a sour beer? No, I, well, well, no, it's a blended beer. I mean, they, you've, you've had their standard goose, their uh, straight lambic, right? That's what's. Mm-hmm. I assume that's what they use to make all the different, uh, you know, back sweetened, if you will, back fruited. Mm-hmm versions of that beer so it's really good it's real simple but it's good well they have uh don't they even have like a banana version oh, i never or... had that one that's new yeah, one. they got a banana um mm-hmm. like peach um like a peach and apricot passion fruit passion fruit passion never passion fruit, really hmm. it's all possible i just got to bring the fruit in and throw it in there right but if you know if they could strike more balance you know i, I, yeah. I think i think they'd be there i i, I think you know, in general, I think uh, every beer style is about balance of some one kind or another. Yeah. Even, you know, the most intensely hoppy, uh, you know, double IPA, something like that. It's about balance. It's, you know, what is the balance? The balance can be, you know, a variety of things. And you can be intense, but you still need balance. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think very much, especially in Fruit Lambic. You need, um, you know, acidity can help the, the, the fruit character come forward. Uh, you know, the fruit character can help uh, balance out the sourness of the beer and give an impression of sweetness. I think, you know, uh, there's just a lot of little things that go on in there that <clears throat> you need to hit that balance. It's a lot. There's a lot more going on, though, with the art of it, though, right? I mean, what these monks are doing... The, the 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 law of the TLC and doing all that stuff. I mean, oh yeah, sorry, there's years is, is blending. Yeah, it definitely is a blending process. I don't think monks. Yeah, no but, monks. Not no. monks. Sorry, but, uh, but uh, right. Uh, you know, it, it it is an art form, like making like making anything. I think you know, making anything really well yeah. is an art form. You know, if you're if you're making like you know the greatest you know shoelace tips in the world. <laughs> 
you know, there's an art form to it. Mm-hmm. You know, running that shoelace tipper machine, you know, you can get one guy that runs it, and they're just kind of like, yeah, those aren't great shoelace tips. Doesn't quite fit through the hole. Right. Comes yeah, apart. Sloppy. Yeah, right. And then you get another person's like, wow, Nailed that's it. a really nice shoelace tip. They don't come unraveled. Right. Nice even cut. Nice even bevel on them. You know, and I think that's, you know, it's true about anything you do in life. You can have, uh, you know, you can have an artistry to what you do. You know, you you don't have to be, you know, a grunt just, uh, you know, schlubbing through the the production line or digging the ditch. You can make a really nice ditch. You know, you can you can do better if you have the passion for it. And you know it's it's difficult to have passion about you know certain things like you know maybe running the the shoelace thing I don't know but if if you did you could be an artist at it you could be one of the best and uh, I think that's what we should all strive for. Yeah, Lambic brewers they I mean they're they're masters at making their own ingredients right because you I say they blend yes but you can't blend unless you've got the right ingredients that let you do what you want to you know what you have in mind as far as an end product and of course fruit is one of those things that we're. Right, blending into those here, here in this, uh, and I think it's their ability to perceive where they want to go with the flavor, uh-huh. so that they can pull from A, B, or C yeah. and get that end result. Didn't mention we have Michael Fairbrother here in the studio from uh, Moonlight Meadery out in New Hampshire. Nice. I thought I was just hearing strange voices in my head. <laughs> You're constant. Oh, hey, Michael, yeah, you Mike. are. What's up, happens. dude? <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to uh, get more into the whole fruit and lambic thing. Maybe taste a few. Uh, Fine examples from Scott's cellar. Uh, why does Scott have these in his cellar? Why don't I you know, have these? In my you cellar? know, you know why? It's because I'm well, I'm I'm now asking uh, uh, pay, uh, store owners if they have it. N- uh-huh. Now, like if you go to Monument Liquors, our our, our local here in uh, Concord, yeah. they'll never have it out. But if you ask the guy every now and then in the back, he's got a couple that that'll give you or well sell you. Well, there you go. But you got to ask. Well, let's see. That's now nice my whole my whole plan's paying off. You're asking, and I'm drinking your beer. <laughs> right, great, perfect. And then, and then now I just tipped off everyone. They'll now ask, and then when I go in, it's long gone. <laughs> be like, ah, sorry. Well, dude. yeah. Ever since that little guy came in, everybody's been asking for it, so it's all gone. <laughs> L- little guy, <laughs> the little feller, the little redheaded guy. So now, if you're under six feet, you're little. Is that it? Yeah, okay. yeah, you are. All right, back after this. <laughs> has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store has been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes... 
The Homebrewer. From the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand, most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer and start brewing from the top tier. The best thing to happen to brewer's yeast in a century is from White Labs. For pro brewers and home brewers, yeast in the new Pure Pitch Package powered by Flexel technology redefines how fresh your yeast can really be. That's because your yeast is cultured, grown, and delivered all in the same Pure Pitch Package. It's never been transferred and never been exposed to the environment. Pure Pitch is powered by White Labs' proprietary Flexel container, which took six years to develop and is designed to be the best home your yeast has ever traveled in. Just cut open a Pure Pitch package and pitch the purest yeast possible. Learn more about Pure Pitch powered by FlexCell technology at whitelabs.com. And while you're there, sign up for one of the many great classes White Labs offers like Yeast Essentials 2.0 coming up August 22nd and 23rd or any one of their great workshops for brewers, distillers, and vendors. Pure Pitch from White Labs. Six years to develop, refine, and perfect. Two seconds to open. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater 
for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Now back to Brewing with Style. Well, God bless you, uh, Moscow, for uh, providing these beers. Yeah, yeah no kidding. But God damn you, Moscow, for providing these beers damn near frozen. <laughs> or or <laughs> in actuality frozen. <laughs> I John, like my beer cold. John uh-huh. is uh, warming up in his crotch as we speak. Like a chicken with an egg. Oh, Although there's cold. there's very little alcohol left in it now that you've... Uh, I took a shot of it. <laughs> 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 what do you say, quote, kicking like a mule or something? <laughs> it kicks like a mule. It did. There's a, a tart shot there. Of, uh, there's the Hansons. <laughs> Pour a little off the top there. I'm going to blame my uh, my staff. I'm going to say they put it like next to the compressor in the cold ah. box or something. They're probably hiding it from the staff. So mm-hmm. is that the Hansons Oud Creek? Yeah, it's the Hansons. Yeah. Okay, so the, the Hansons Oud Creek. The other three are you're seeing still too cold though for serving temp for this style. They're all pretty darn cold. Yeah, you want to serve the style a little warmer? Yeah, I, uh, I almost think, all uh, styles actually. Yeah, yeah, that's too cold. Even for, for uh, like Zima shouldn't be served this. Cold. Should be about like <laughs> Zima. About Thirty. <laughs> they still the make that? No, they uh, stopped. No. <laughs> Hey, Pete, you, you don't want any of this beer, do you? The sour stuff? No. There Pretty tasty. More for us. Uh, we've got uh, we've got the Hansen's Oud Creek. Uh, we've got the uh, the Mort Subit uh, Creek. And we've got uh, the the Bone Creek. We've got the uh, <coughs> Cantillon uh, Saint uh, Lamvinus. All four classic examples. Right. Good job. Thanks. Your best they're, they're, You didn't mix in like a Hefeweizen in here. <laughs> <laughs> blueberry Hefeweizen. <laughs> it's got wheat and blueberries. Right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scott's like, oh, you know, it seemed like it would be a classic example. I got a goes. No, a goose, you idiot. I got it. I don't, I don't know why the, uh, the uh, blueberry beer wasn't on the list. You did good. You, you did very good. You know, good. regarding the temperature, uh, just sort of anecdotally, I do talk to a lot of people, hardcore beer geeks, home brewers, uh-huh. who do say that they like, even if it says, eh, you're supposed to serve this a little warmer or whatever, uh-huh. maybe with the exception of like an English, you know, pint of uh, uh-huh. of a bitter or something, they like their beer cold. And I, I, I'm with them 100%. Uh, you know, I, I prefer... Uh, you to serve me a beer colder, and I will warm it up to the temperature I prefer. I can wait a couple of minutes and let it warm up. What I don't like is a beer served warm to me because I can't make it colder. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I prefer a beer just to be served colder. It will warm up. However, for purposes of the show, that is quite tricky. Unless you want to play like another forty minutes of music, sure. Yeah, it's like three eleven, right? Right. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. Um, but I think uh, you know, uh, quite nice. Uh, good, good selection. Uh, haven't tasted the one John has nestled against his balls, but uh, happy, you know, I'm happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> happy to why see your hands it. are down there. Yeah. Stop stroking that thing. Right. Right. Um, 
do we want to start talking about the ones that we have in front of us? I don't think that's going to thaw out. No. Well, it will by the next break or so. We can do right. these three in the meantime. What about that other well, show we, that we could they We have. could talk about recipe Ooh. right now. Just break and then, and then kind of go from there. I could do I could do some uh, some some live reads. There you go. I could talk about uh, the Brewing Association's uh, excellent uh, new book from Dick Cantwell. Did that just come out? Came out recently. Okay, recently, recently. Who's the author? It's Dick Cantwell, uh, Elysian Brewing. Ah. The the guy. Okay. I mean, if 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 you know craft beer and the history of craft beer. Then you know Dick Cantwell, and he's he's actually quite a brilliant guy. I don't know if any of you ever uh, spent time talking to him. I, I've kind of hung out with him a little bit uh, here and there, and uh, I'm telling you, that's one smart dude. What do you mean, actually? What you said? Eh, he's actually pretty smart, right? You'd think anybody's an idiot to write a book for the brewery now. Oh, for, I see. Not for well, he, o- he owns a brewery, so he automatically oh, oh, he's right. some sort of fool. So you're you're right. a fool if you open a brewery, right? Right. But if you are that kind of fool. Get yourself a copy of the Brewer's Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery by Dick Cantwell. Uh, he is of Elysian Brewing up in uh, Seattle. And uh, he covers everything from ingredients to financing, business plans, quality assurance, distribution, wastewater, sustainability, and more. And he knows everything from packaging to, uh, you know, packaging brewery or production brewery to brew pubs. He's done it all. Uh, and he gives you that information in this book, walks you through the planning execution required to turn your dreams into reality. So check it out, this comprehensive guide. You can get it from all the usual sources. Uh, are we selling it in the Brewing Network store? No. That's too much effort? Oh, um, I we might be soon. I, I don't think Amazon, yet, Amazon.com. There you go. No, click through the Brewing Network link. Go to Amazon. There you go. Uh, the Brewers Association. Uh, any of those uh, sources can get you this this great book. Uh, check it out. It's comprehensive. And if you are planning on opening a brewery, uh, this is money well spent. The Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery by Dick Cantwell. So check it out. Nice. All right. So uh, <coughs> how do you brew one of these, man? How do you make Cantillon? How do you make Cantillon? Honestly. You go and buy a building. <laughs> Wait a hundred years. When you down, have all the, you need, you down, the downtown Brussels. I got you. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you buy the building like uh, 500 years ago. And then you start brewing then. So you're brewing it today. So you have all the, the wild yeast in that area. You need roof louvers that open. Too. Oh, all right, 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 right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, if you go there, they, they've got like a kind of a little attic space, and they've got their cool ship there. Yeah. And then there's just little wooden vents on the top of the building, so like the cool air comes in. And uh, they only brew during the winter. And the reason being because when you have enough cold nights, it kills a lot of the bacteria. The yeast survive, but it, it actually kills enough of the bacteria that uh, there's more of a population of yeast than there is bacteria. Hmm. And certain bacteria maybe die off. I don't know. And then uh, so they let this cool after after a certain number of nights below freezing or something like that. Uh, it, it it suppresses the bacteria and, and there's more yeast. So you get more of a fermentation than just a souring. And it's this balance that's important. And uh, they let that happen. They put it in barrels. It ferments in the barrels. Uh, the barrels don't really don't impart any flavor. It's really just for the control of the amount of oxygen that's getting in, 
uh, versus a surface area. So they get these used uh, port barrels, wine barrels, whatever they might be. Uh, they clean them with hot water and chains, and then uh, you know they do it after everything. So, so, um, so every, every batch is spontaneous. There's no carryover of culture, right? From there's batch to there's batch. something in the barrels. Okay. Uh, it's hard to get barrels perfectly it's pretty clean. deep in the wood, right? So right, right. Deep. But um, well, and, uh, I'll tell you one of the, the most interesting things is uh, we used to keep our bourbon barrels and our wine barrels that we did sours in in relative proximity because we didn't have a lot of space. Sure. And we would get some bourbon barrels that would go sour or <laughs> would go funky. <laughs> bourbon and barrels. you know. We're sure about our, you know, process, but what what was happening was, um, you know, they they talk about how Brett can go, you know, quarter inch into the wood, whatever. Yeah. No, it can go all the way through the wood. Oh, and out. So what happens is the barrels breathe, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, moisture, temperature, things like that. It's kind of you know, think of it like a beating heart, and. The bread and stuff uh, can work its way out to the surface of the barrel where it dries. And then a, the wind a, blows. The slightest puff of wind as you walk by <laughs> can carry these microscopic little oh, wow. critters takes one bug from one barrel to the next barrel. And then that same kind of pulsing of the barrel where, you know, moisture and heat and all this stuff. It, it will essentially will draw it back into the barrel and what in that next barrel that becomes infected so if you it, these barrels aren't touching they're you know in racks you know three inches apart or whatever and if you have one barrel that's infected all of them will eventually yeah. it, it has nothing to do with how clean you are in in, in touching the the different barrels and you know, taking samples and things like that, it can actually go through the wood to the next barrel and go through that one to the next barrel and eventually infect them all. So when you're doing clean barrels and dirty barrels and things like that, you need to separate them by a great enough distance that that can't happen. What is that distance-ish? We've got like them 100 feet apart, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, probably 6, 10 feet, something like that. I wouldn't put them close together. Anything that, you know, because... A, a, a whiff of air can carry, you know, mm-hmm. these really microscopic things. Think about how far a, a moat of dust can travel. And that's that's really, you know, uh, the distance that you have to worry about. So this is why vintners are scared shitless of Brett? Yeah. Right? But I've never yeah. come across a wine barrel that wasn't it had some sort of Brett in it. But, you know, maybe that's because of the wine barrels I get. I don't know. Yeah. Here, take it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it to you. Good price for you today only. You make plenty of box. All right. Is that is your nut sample warmed up enough? Or? No. No. Right. Still got to keep any shrinkage there. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do we want to, do we want to talk about recipes for this style? Yeah. We yeah do the recipe in this segment. We'll do the uh, tasting in the next one then. Right. All right. Well, uh, my recipe would be all wheat. Wheat? Wheat and some base two-row, 100%. Or 50-50, maybe. Maybe some under-modified wheat, too. Who has made a lambic of any kind? John did. Those peach babies. Uh, Not even accidentally. Anyone else? 
No. Yeah. No, and no, you, uh, Jim Mill, you did, obviously, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I got, I got a gold, all. all of them, right? Yeah. Gold yeah. medal winning yeah. recipe yeah. in every every style. Yeah. Absolutely. That's impressive. Um, when you think about it in the long term, it is very difficult because, I mean, how difficult it is just to brew every style, let alone get a, get a gold yeah. medal. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. It's, never, right. it's never been repeated. <laughs> Damn tootin'. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to go about 50-50, wheat and pilsner. Right. Uh, and then, um, you know, you can do the turbid mash thing. Uh, and then it's a, it's a matter of throwing in your, your bacteria and your, uh, your, your yeasts and things like that and letting it, letting it sit. I think temperature and oxygen are, are probably the most important things in getting the right kind of character. If you taste the cantillon, all the character that's in there is coming from... Uh, not only the the bread and the bacteria, but the amount of oxygen that it got over a period of time. Uh, it's very important not to let your your lambics get too hot. They talk about you know twenty C, sixty eight degrees Fahrenheit, as the maximum temperature you want. Because if it's too warm and there's too much oxygen, it becomes uh, like acetone. Yeah, it, it w- can get uh, like vinegar. Uh, you know, nail polish remover, vinegar, things like that. If those characters are in there, that's crap. That is not a good sour beer. That's not an American sour beer. That's that's crap. You should not be drinking that or giving it to somebody as a good sour beer. Does the temperature affect the oxygen levels? Temperature can. Uh, but temperature affects the, you know, rate of a lot of things. Uh, you know, the, the yeast work faster. Uh, chemical reactions happen faster. At higher temperatures, every 10 degrees C doubles the rate of uh, just many things in, in, uh, you know, your, your chemical reactions, um, you know, the staling, uh, you know, your, your activity of your yeast, uh, the amount of oxygen, you know, if you give Brett too much oxygen, uh, really what you end up getting is, uh, you know, more uh, acetic acid, more vinegar. They can produce uh, acetic acid with uh, excessive oxygen. What about the health of Saccharomyces during the primary affecting the bread of myces ferment later on? Because that's the food source, isn't it, later on? Well, so you, basically, like my point is you have to have a healthy base beer, like you're saying. Clean ferment. No hot temps, but that yeast later on, that ale yeast, it's still there in the beer. And isn't that a food source or a nutrient later on? Isn't it for these wild yeast and wild bacteria to kind of feed on as their last resort to kind of do their job? Um, certainly early fermentation with any sack yeast. Is going to adjust pH. It's going to result in certain uh, alcohols being present, which can be become esters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can also, you know, affect the sugars that are left. It can affect, uh, you know, a great deal of things that will become or not become the basis for uh, the Britannomyces flavor that's developed. One of the things. <laughs> I've heard is, and I've, I think I've seen this. I, 
I, I don't know that I've 100% really nailed it down. But one of the things they say is the amount of uh, phenolic compounds that are produced from a, you know, perhaps a Belgian ale yeast, any uh, phenolic positive yeast, that amount of phenols will affect the amount of the earthy, uh, horsey, barnyardy character that Brett produces is directly linked to the amount of phenols that are produced from, uh, you know, one of those other yeasts. Is is that why you didn't want to use like a Cal Ale or something? You know, I don't know. Um, If you don't want the barnyard character, then you would would want to make a cleaner ferment. Right, right. So I think that's interesting. And and we've tasted beers where you've got bread, bread only, and they can be quite clean. Right. It's almost like a you know a cow ale yeast, right? Yeah, okay. uh, yet you get that same bread strain, and uh, you know the uh, substrate it's working off of. You know the prior fermentation changes what you get out of it. So I find that fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of a misconception to even think about, oh, I'm making a Belgian-style beer. I should use a Belgian yeast. Well, not necessarily, because you might not want these over right, earthy right, tones. Right, and, right. absolutely. Hmm. Well, and, you know, when it comes to fruit lambic, you have to make a great lambic first, and then oh, essentially you add fruit uh, to a great lambic and let and let the... You know, the, the the bugs and all that uh, continue to work on the fruit. And you went, my rule of thumb is uh, two pounds per gallon. It's difficult to add too much fruit to a fruit lambic. Mm. Uh, you know, two pounds per gallon, you know, let it work, see how it goes. If it's, uh, you know, you can start with a pound, see how it goes. You look at the Wait. color, too. Once, yeah. you, once add you some add more, some, yeah. add some more, add some more, keep adding until you get to the point where it tastes right. So you say you have to, you have to start with a great lambic. You ever, you ever seen an example of a uh, kind of just an okay base lambic and the, the you know, fruit addition really made it, wow, this went from a C to, a, to an A? No, I, th- I think in these beers we have in front of us, some of them, more have the lambic character, and some of them have more of the fruit character. Fruit character's nice, but, I mean, you know, is it great? The, the one that I would say is great has a great lambic character mm. and the fruit character. I think that's, that's, that's the way to go. Yeah, I, I think it starts both. with the lambic. I don't, I don't think it's very common that a, the fruit would make the beer better. Uh, right. Unless it's like overdone and then somebody that really likes a fruit forward beer is drinking it but to me a balanced uh, fruit lambic well it's going to be almost lambic first before it's fruit let's let's talk about uh double ipa right you can throw in all the hops you want into a beer if the base beer is not a great beer not well fermented not you know well planned out and executed you throw as many hops as you want in it's not going to taste that great right so it's always, you know, that base beer is so important. People talk about, you know, water is 90-some-odd percent. Well, you know, the base beer is, you know, 90-some-odd percent of, you know, fruit lambic. Right. So I think that makes sense. Makes yeah, I see difference. beers like there's a, a brand in the local market that's, uh, you know, so the, all the beers are, are way, way lactic. So they each, every, you know, they're using different fruits, but the beers really, you know, fail because the lambic character is not that good. Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you, one of the ways you can learn more about doing sours and learn more about, uh, you know, uh, sour beers in general, the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. I don't know if you guys have been listening. I know Scott has because he's been working it. But um, you can check out Jay and the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Free downloads. Uh, They do the shows like once every moon. Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yes. It's a Fortnite show. Mm -hmm. And you you can't quite download a stone's worth at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You probably get a couple, right? Uh, Yeah, we're we're doing one a month right now. It's three in the bank, I think. Yeah, three episodes so far. There you go. Yeah, the trifecta. Yeah, people have available for free. We had on the uh, the last show we had, uh, tr- uh, oh, what was this? Uh, uh, Corey King, uh, the head brewer at Perennial Artisan Ales. He's also got a a little uh, um, his own sole proprietorship called Side Project, which is just an all all barrel program, very small uh, production, obviously. But it was oh god, it was amazing. He sent us like. I think six beers. One of them was an apricot sour that we had right after we'd been drinking the Rare Barrels Cosmic Dust in the opening segment, which was the gold medal GABF sour beer this year. And then uh, we had it right right after the Cosmic Dust. And I was worried for, for, poor, uh, for poor Corey. Like, you've got to follow up the arguably the best sour beer out there right now. Uh, but he, he did. He did. It held up beautifully. Amazing beer. So just just that, just... Uh, the uh, the brewers just, just listening to you guys drink great S- beer. This beer, yes, is is worth <laughs> yeah. the price of admission. You, which is passion. Yeah. So, you know. these beers, I could listen these to beers. that over and over again. I'm telling you, <laughs> right? I could listen to Scott drink all day long. <laughs> that's what people I really, do. That's, yeah. I go to bed. I go. I, I, I put my my earphones in. And I listen to Scott drinking. Yeah. Boy, that's good. Puts you right to sleep. There you go. <laughs> that works for me. I love right. it. It's a good gig, though. I'll tell you what. All right, check it out. The Sour Hour. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into uh, uh, tasting these these marvelous beers that Scott has procured for us right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country. Wait, they just landed in Australia with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of meat on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the mead category and completely reinvented it. Seriously? What? Seriously. What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight Mead? Moonlight Meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. And now get 15% off by going to moonlightmeadery.com forward slash BNARMY and use coupon code BNARMY at checkout. Hey, sign me up for that party. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad 
bad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Hey, Kill, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months to the the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things Homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots. And the BN Army receives 10% off their Homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code AIH10 at checkout. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at Home Brewing.org. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right. We're back. We're enjoying uh, a fine selection here, uh, thanks to Scott. He has cracking open his uh, stone cold heart, his soulless heart. Oh, is that why they're frozen? Yes, frozen from the depths of hell. Yes. <laughs> I think the depths of hell would be hotter. But no. No, not in um, Ice cold. not in the in the Jewish tradition. Freezes over. <laughs> That's yeah. why they're cold. That's it. There you go. They've warmed up now nicely. Thanks to John and his crotch. You're welcome. Uh, it, it was a little musty, I must say, but uh, that helped. Take one for the team. <laughs> All right, Scott. Your impressions, your uh, your ranking. Luckily, I tried the boon first. Um, I wrote cherry, vanilla, cream. At, like w- right when you drink it, that's what you get, and then you swallow it, and it gives way to just a shitstorm of butter. Like it was just <laughs> really heavy on the on the oh diacetyl, God. 
Which it was disappointing. I mean, right right at front, it was like, oh, this is delightfully cream cherry. No, and there was a huge mm-hmm. letdown. Um, the Mort, I just wrote fruit punch. <laughs> tasted like uh, just yeah Hawaiian punch, like from when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Cantillon. I like it for that reason. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like that character yeah. for sure. I I drink a ton of it. Uh, the Cantillon is just a standout. Boy, this beer. I, it's got that like uh, sort of charcoal tang, sour little, cherry. A little I, bit of aspirin. Is that what an aspirin? I don't. I guess I don't like know what aspirin, aspirin tastes like. Because like, right. you swallow the pill whole, you know. You're, you're too young for baby aspirin. I suppose. Yeah. I've heard that descriptor before, though. Like, what does it even? What does it mean? I mean, I guess maybe you, there's nothing really else to point to. It just yes. aspirin has a taste. Yes. Um, yeah, and then the, I guess that's that's the sort of char, what I what I described as charcoal. Uh, maybe I don't I don't know. It's it's just it's kind of distinctive to Canton. It's it's like a through line. All Canton beers have this character. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, amazing beer. And then the Hansons was just like a kick in the teeth. It really really acidic. Yeah. By far the most tart of all these beers. Mm-hmm. I do get a little bit of that sort of nail polish character that mm-hmm. is not desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Cantillon is just a clear standout. So you'd have Cantillon 1. Yeah, and then I would put the Mort as number 2. I like uh-huh. that fruit punch uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. The Hansen at 3, and then the Boone uh, distant 4th. Okay. Michael? Well, all the um, the beers have uh, exceptional uh, clarity to them. Uh, I thought the... Um, Boone definitely had a lot of diacetyl. Um, didn't find that one as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I thought the flavors worked, but definitely wasn't my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, next, the uh, Mort. I thought it was a little too candy, mm-hmm. candy cherry-like, so I wasn't um, not enough of the uh, really dank, tart um, characteristics I'm looking for in a fruit lambic. Um, the Hansen's definitely really high acidity level. I thought really nice and complex. Uh, the cherries and the, uh, the the tartness are really kind of working together nicely. I think if it could warm up a little bit further, um, might be my first choice. But as presented, I'd put that as my second. And then the uh, the Cantillon was just phenomenal. The nose just is a truckload of of Brettanomyces and you know Lactobacillus. It's just going on and on and on. You get barnyard. You get horse blanket. Um, little dirty socks, and uh, the flavor just rolls and rolls and rolls. Hmm. So I put that as my number one. There you go, John. I agree with him. <laughs> there you go. Ditto. Tasty. Well, uh, yeah, I thought the, uh, of course, the, uh, the the Boone Creek, uh, yeah, big diacetyl bomb. I just can't get past that, so it's not in the running. Uh, yeah, I thought the the Mort. Um, a little too understated, not sour enough, not horsey enough, just not enough uh, lambic character for me. So that's a distant third. I like the Hansons. Uh, has a you know a lot of nice fruit character. Uh, not as crazy about the uh, acid character, the, the uh, sour you know mm-hmm. style, the overall impression of that sourness. But uh, maybe it's because I got the Cantillon right next to it here. Maybe on itself by itself, I might be. Uh, you know, you're recommending it uh, to people. It's a good beer. It's well known, and I've had a lot of times in in different bars and stuff, and uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, so yeah, I give it a good solid uh, second place, and then of course the uh, 
Cantillon. Yeah, it's got the whole package. It's got the uh, everything you're looking for there, and plus a real pleasant uh, stay behind the fruit, almost uh, sourness. It's well balanced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> my bottom two are the Hansons and the Boone. The bone, the bone, because of the 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 buttery. But I, I think that that is like a pediococcus thing that eventually might correct itself, just with time. Yeah, because that is a compound that the critters could consume over time. They can use that for for energy. If uh, if you don't store it cold, if you don't store it in the depths of hell, you. <laughs> You can, uh, it can continue to develop in the bottle. So perhaps that would straighten itself out over time. So if you had a case of these, you'd uh, hang on. Yeah, to, um, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd keep move them, them into keep a, them. maybe set a fifty-five degree area, maybe sixty or yeah, sixty-five or something mid, like yeah, that. Low, low to mid sixties. Okay, and just see what happens over the the course of years. Yeah, if they get better, great. If they don't, right, right. Because because I think that the, it has the potential to be fantastic. The Hansons, on the other hand, I think the thing that people are pointing out is some kind of nail polishy acetone, some vinegar. It's harsh. Yes, got aspirin. Yes, yeah. It's it's a little it's it's harsh, and this is the thing that I think you know that is really pushing the boundaries of of harshness. I think it's still not like. A lot of the shitty American versions of sour beers that people are like, well, it's this is American sour, you know, which is bullshit. Um, but I think it's getting there, and I think it's it's on the edge for me. It's it's unpleasant yeah, because of that harshness, and it's harsh because it's it's vinegar in there and it's acetone in there. It's moderate amounts, so it's still in the in the realm, but it's it's getting there. Would you say that the, that would be this bottle, or do you think that's generally? I don't know. I, I, I don't have that 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 uh, solid of a uh, flavor memory. I know you do, but do you remember? You know, this the, this is typically what you'd expect of this yeah, beer. Yeah, generally the Hansons is a little more acetone okay. vinegary for right. me. Um, and you know, uh, people will disagree with me, but I'm, I'm for me that's that's too much. Yeah. That's yeah. really, you know, it, it, it's crossed the bounds from being sharper to being harsh. Mm. You know, I'm okay with sharper, not harsh. The more to beat, um, I like it because my daughter likes it. So, so my daughter went to more to beat and she went to Cantillon. And those are like the first beers she's ever drank. And she actually liked. The so, first, her first yeah, beer experience was sour? I took her to Cantillon, yeah. Wow. Hey, you got to start wow. out. You got to start out right. Oh, great. So it's all downhill from here. She She'll never have another beer. She's like, oh, that's good. Now, were you using uh, U.S. laws or uh, Belgian laws? Belgian laws. Right. She was <laughs> She was 13. 20 at the time, 19 at the time, 19 or 20 at the time. That's awesome. Uh, so she enjoyed the Cantillon. And uh, and then she, we went to Mortsubit, and she liked that a little bit better. Because, again, it's sweeter. I think that's, you know, the... It's more drinkable. It's lighter. Yeah, that's that's a, a more balance between the sour and the sweet. Um, it's getting almost to the dumbed down kind of character, but that's kind of a, a nice balance to it. I mean, you know, I, I like it. Like, you know, like I can still drink Hawaiian Punch. Give me a glass of yeah, Hawaiian Punch sure. with some ice in it. Uh, I'm good. 
I can't drink it straight. I need a little ice to cut the sweetness on that. But a little vodka too. A little vodka. <laughs> now John's talking. Yeah. Hit, hit a little spike, a little gin. There you go. There you go. Um, and then that brings me to the Cantillon, which I think is absolutely stunningly superb. It's out of this world. That is a great beer. Uh, you know, and, and the big difference, and, and this is the thing that that the listeners need to get, is the difference between the other three and the Cantillon. The Cantillon has that bit of barnyard character. It has a complex aroma and flavor, not unpleasant. It's not a nasty barnyard. It's not poop. It's not, you know, mold. It's not, you know, uh, disgusting. It is characterful. And again, you know, it also has the fruit, you know, quite a bit of fruit. All these have some good fruit character to them, which is important in this beer. And, you know, the Cantillon also has the balance, the balance across the spectrum. You get all of that in one. You take a sip, you need to think about it for a while. You're like, wow, I get this. Oh, I get that. Oh, wow. There's this. There's that. How do they? And then you're like, how do they make this beer? It becomes, you know, almost a, uh, you know, a wonderment of, you know, when, you, when you're sitting there going, oh, my God, I don't think I could do this. Then you know, that, you know, there's somebody doing something really special. Because most beers, you're thinking, well, I could brew this. Right. That, I don't, you know, I don't think I could brew. Yeah, I don't think I could brew this beer. All right. There you go. <laughs> It's yeah. It it, it, it's a it candy on hands down. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great beer. Really, really well done. Yeah. And the others are no slouches. No. I mean, you know, when we're talking the my box, we're uh, kind of like, hey, on this one, you know, that's definitely that's pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid indeed. All right. Uh, one last break. Yes. Oh yes. Well, there you go. Uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up right after this. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact rain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. 
Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanstarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanstarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Starting a brewery is not for the faint of heart. Uh, it's definitely a labor of love. If you're not going to give it 100%, don't bother. Brewers Publications is proud to present the Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery by Elysian Brewing's Dick Cantwell. Business plans, financing, sustainability, and more. This book takes you through the planning and execution needed to turn the dream of craft brewing into a reality. Whether you want to open a brew pub or a packaging brewery, learn the professional side of ingredients, wastewater, quality, and how to build the craft brewery of the future. The Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery, available now from Brewers Publications and BrewersPublications.com. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and... This is Brewing with Style. That was just cold, Moscow. <laughs> cold is your soul. Your black heart. Your black soulless heart. Short black soulless heart. Right Short there, black ginger soulless heart, yes. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Moscow. It's cool. Thanks, baby. <laughs> oh, you just mean we're the same height? I always like because I d- tend to date 
taller women, and I was short anyways. Uh-huh. But you were right there. <laughs> you were just. He knows what I'm talking about. It's been right, right there. You had it right in his face. You were like <laughs> waving it in just his face. Same, you were like uh, same place. bouncing it off his forehead and dipping it in his mouth. <laughs> yes. Is that what you're talking about, John? No, no, no. You know what I mean. This is a public setting. No, I mean, I'm... <laughs> when you said, I, I know what you mean, I mean, you know, uh, there you go. That's what I assumed. Uh, you know who knows? <laughs> Casey's looking at me like, God damn it, why did I agree to do this show Were with you? Were you wasting my time? You, you know who knows? Yes. Are those people that go to that Siebel school? Absolutely. Yeah. Nice segue there. Uh, yeah, the, the Siebel Institute. Check them out, SiebelInstitute.com. You're talking about one of the uh, nation's oldest brewing schools, the oldest brewing school in the nation, right? Or and they and, and one of the most successful. They've got uh, online courses. They've got in-person, on-campus courses. They even have, uh, you know, stuff where they send you out to internationally oh, to, yeah. uh, you know, get your, uh, your, your brewing on. But they can teach you things like... Uh, how to make great sour beers. They can teach you how to make great clean beers. They can teach you how to uh, prepare for your exam for for uh, BJCP or Cicerone or, or whatever it might be. Uh, they've got the international qualified instructors, uh, some of the, the, the best names in uh, in teaching about beer. And, you know, guys like Ray Daniels. And, yeah, great and, credentials. Yeah. Uh, check them out, SiebelInstitute.com. Uh, lots of fun, lots of knowledge, and uh, they can take your homebrew from just a homebrewer to a master homebrewer at SiebelInstitute.com. All right. Uh, where were we? We were talking about sour beers. We were talking about uh, enjoying sour beers. We were talking about I uh, uh, took my daughter to Cantillon uh, and then to Mortsubit. Can't, now it's all going to be uh, just nothing but disappointment for well, her then, from now then, on. Then, then I took her to the UK, and we spent two ye- two weeks in the UK, and she was drinking uh, uh, great, uh, you know, ciders and uh, scrumpy and perry and uh, the various ciders, and then uh, lots of uh, bitters and and such in the UK. Mm. Hey, my children, not bad, are are going to get a proper beer education. You know what I thought we were, we're kind of up against it here time wise, but what I what I thought we could do with the final a couple of minutes is for you to describe how you executed your uh, gold medal winning uh, fruit lambic when when you did it on a homebrew scale. How I executed it? Uh, I brewed it, turned it in, one walked away, got, got up on the podium, the medal, and, and called it good. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, That's the show, everybody. Just like the Giants. Actually, the first. Uh, <laughs> Uh, metal I did in uh, I'd have to go back to the logs but I remember you know when I first wanted to do a great Lambic I, I uh, was very lucky to uh, have a friend uh, Dave Sapsis who, who really knows a lot about uh, beer he taught me a lot about tasting beer and understanding beer and uh, about brewing with less structure so <laughs> Uh, we we brewed uh, like twenty gallons of lambic together, and there's no more Belgian <laughs> brewer. There's no more Cantillon a home brewer than Dave Sapsis. Uh, we his mash ton was 
like, uh, you know, take a, a wine barrel, cut it in half. Nice. Okay, and then, like, drill a hole through it for cool. the for the exit in the mash tun. And take a piece of window screen because, like, the cat tore part of it. So you cut the rest and just, like, place it in the bottom. And then, uh, you know, you throw your grains in there and all that. And then uh comes through some piece of tubing. And then he happens to have a binder clip to kind of control the flow. And then it goes, you know, his chiller is like, uh, you know, a refrigerator got hit by a truck. And the, the, the coils out of it were laying on the side of the road. And then you pick that up and you were taking it home. And then it, it, it got dropped on the freeway. And then you picked it up again. You dropped on the freeway again. And then uh, you go ahead and use that as your chiller. <laughs> so it was pristine. Oh, and then, like, there was this kettle and then, like, this burner that was, like, he took a propane tank and hammered on a piece of copper tubing and set that on fire, and that was the burner. <laughs> I mean, it was it was as as primitive and as basic as you could possibly imagine. And here's somebody who absolutely has the most incredible sense memory and the the most incredible ability to taste and detect and understand beer and beer styles. One of the greatest in the world, if you ask me. And and then we were were brewing this beer. We're going to do this. and, And it came time for hops. And he's just like, well, you know, each handful's about this amount. I'm like, well, you know, we could weigh it. You know, we've got the scale on this, but he doesn't want to weigh it. <laughs> he wants just like handful, handful, handful. That's the right amount. And, uh, you know, it's all very loose and very, you know, very m- more artistic and, uh, and, and creative. And, uh, you know, a lot more Charlie Papazian. You know, don't worry, have a homebrew. Yeah. I think Charlie Papazian would have been worried. Uh, you know, brewing with, with sapsis, <laughs> but you know, it's all, and I think, you know, part of it, he was trying to show me, you know, don't be so anal and so, you know, worried about all the precision of it, you know, look towards, you know, understand that, you know, whatever you do, it's going to make beer. So I thought that that was really cool. <laughs> so he taught me that. And then, so we took this, this beer, we split it up. We pitched various cultures. I ended up getting one of every Breton bacteria that Y-East made at the time. I, I got uh, uh, JJ at Homebrew Outlet. He ordered me one of everything, and uh, which was really cool because a, a lot of places wouldn't do that for you. He got me one of everything. One of them was like exploded uh, before we, we could get it. Uh, it just exploded. Uh, but we did all the rest, and uh, then it spent a year, two years, I spent. I, secluded it away out in like a back shed because I didn't want near any of my regular beers. I was too paranoid about that. And um, it developed this intense aspirin thing, and then that went away. It all these different variations of sour. And then uh, actually pretty good flavor. And then uh, we got uh, cans of the Oregon uh, brand uh, fruit purees, which are actually pretty good. And... uh, we just loaded a bunch of those into some of them, and then that was it. Did a framba off of that. And was it a couple of years old when you entered it? Probably like two years, hmm. two plus, three years maybe. Gotcha. Yeah, that was it. 
Send it in. Collected the medal. Done. Done. That answer your question? Yes. There you go. I feel like I'm tasting it now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you taste it. Right in your face. I'm going to do that one day when I go... I'm going to own Taste land. In your face? Well, maybe, but 40 acres of land, and yes. I'm going to, like, harvest trees and yes. make my own, like, mash ton out of trees, and I'm going to just brew from all my, like, surrounding resources. I'll talk about fire, like, everything built in. There you go. What do you think? Well, if you, if you need any additional items, you can get them from northernbrewer.com. Oh, there you go. Check them out. Our, our famous sponsor. And uh, if you like any of those stuff that we're doing... Uh, check out thebrewingnetwork.com. Lots of good things in the store, and all that goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. Until then, everybody, brew strong! And off. <laughs>